This is the Client Service Selling Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Dave. And I'm David. And over the course of this podcast series, we'll be exploring how to engage your client service teams to sell, showing you what works and, crucially, what doesn't, so you can supercharge your growth within weeks. This week, we're going to move on from how to motivate your teams to sell to helping them overcome the biggest hurdle to getting started. Sounds like we should get straight to it. Let's dive in. Right. Episode two, Dave. It is. We wanted to start off with one of the things that we are most lucky to um, often receive, which is feedback as trainers. Well, we can't get enough of it, can we? It's a gift that keeps on giving. It is, definitely. As I said, we're, we're never short of people who want to give us feedback. And we got two pieces in particular after the after the last episode. One of them was about the, the, the overall kind of um, series in general. And the other one was much more specific to, uh, to the, the last episode's um, topics. And the first one, I think, is really important for us uh, to, to clarify. One person basically asked us, who are you and what are your names? <laughs> um, so I think we, <laughs> we got a really clear message uh, across in the last episode. Perhaps we need to clarify somewhat. Yeah. You thought we'd get the basics right, wouldn't you? Um, well, I, I mean, the, the challenge is, we, you know, we're both called david and and obviously we, we we've been working together for years and mm-hmm. we meet lots of clients and uh, you know they first always go oh that's nice and easy and then they go so what should we call you yeah <laughs> and i think in the first episode we were um guilty of interchanging our names so we've decided we're going to stick with one what one name each which is always useful for the rest of the series and and I, i'm going to go with uh, what my mum always calls me which is david so i'm going to be david for the rest of these uh, the podcast series i so thought you were going to say something else then about what your mum normally calls you <laughs> david not on air dave not on air okay so uh david's david and i am going to stick with dave the devil may care, casual, some would say slapdash <laughs> approach <laughs> to my name. But we are going to be Dave and David from here on in. And uh, yeah, we are trainers. We are trainers of um, client-facing agencies and organizations. And as we go through all the rest of the uh, of the series and these episodes, um, we hope that really comes through to the fore and that it really helps. So that is feedback point number one done we hope but please do get in contact if you've got any more questions and we'll we'll give you some more details at the end the second feedback point david got it right well done was very much about the last topic that we covered off which was how do we motivate client service people just to find a bit more growth to sell a little bit more and we talked about the fact that they need to think about what they need to be more of rather than immediately go to what they need to do. And we talked about being brave, um, particularly for for you in particular. We had a conversation around that, around investment, so on and so forth. And uh, the second piece of feedback that we got was really focused around a far more, when we look at it now, um, common situation, which is how do I be more confident when, if I'm a client-facing person, when I'm going to have conversations with really senior people Mm. and i think that's absolutely fair enough from junior people right the way up to you know even people who've been in 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 companies for 20 30 years or so we all get that situation where we feel a little bit nervous speaking to somebody don't we yeah we do and um when we have these big conversations and it's a great question by the way it means you're thinking about it so that's 
wonderful for us to to receive that kind of feedback. When we talk about thinking about your commercial ambitions and what you need to be more of, be more confident, more courageous, uh, more credible, often comes up as a, a, a as a as a typical mm. answer. Obviously, then immediately people go into how because confidence is an outcome of of, of a lot of things, and our advice is always to to think about the first step rather than trying to crack the whole nut if you like it all in once is just take a bit of time to to then say right okay so what's the first step that would help you be more confident in this situation or that situation and just focus on that and in that way then you start to get movement towards mm. the outcome as opposed to worrying about how far away it is yeah yeah, absolutely. First step, it's that it's that classic um, phrase around you know the greatest of journeys begin with the very first step. Yeah, if if you go aim big, start tiny. Yeah, lovely. Just thinking about this as as you were talking, then I was just um, wondering: is there anything specific you would say if I'm a an account executive, or you know, and and I've got maybe two or three years' experience under my belt, and suddenly somehow I've I've been thrust forward to have a conversation with maybe the chief marketing officer, the CMO mm-hmm. of you know a national size, um, I don't know, food manufacturer, and so I'm, I'm supposed to go in there representing my agency. And have a have a, a a credible conversation with this person who might have 25, 30 years of experience and I've got two or three. Mm. Anything specific we could give to that person in that kind of situation? Mm. Apart from plugging them into the matrix and uh, giving them that experience. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's it's for me, it's always two things. The first thing is to recognize that actually you are an expert in what you do. If you think about you do what you do every single day, all day for multiple clients, and then you think about the CMO who does it in a t- probably a tiny part of their job, you've probably cumulatively got more hours of experience looking at your subject matter than they have. You've probably got multiple times of that experience. So believe in what you've learned by doing it all the time. Um, and it will, it will come across in, in the right way. And the second point is a CMO is still a human being. Um, and you know, I still sometimes get overwhelmed by status, um, when I'm meeting people and I have to remind myself, it's just, you know, Kate, it's just, Susan, it's just John mm-hmm. who's trying to do a job, who's got problems that I reckon I can help with. And so let's have a good conversation. I think if you have those two mindsets, it normally serves you well. Nice. Yeah, lo- love those those first two points. And I, I think for anybody uh, listening to us um, who uh, maybe have people in their team that they have a suspicion um, feel that way before they go into meetings, just get them to listen to this. As well as increasing our audience, obviously, it's we are one hundred percent selfless in helping your teams um, uh, 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 to basically feel a bit more confident. And I think that's absolutely fair. Are you sure you didn't mean self-promoting? Oh, did I say selfless? Oh, sorry, you said selfless. Yeah. Weird. 
<laughs> All right. Excellent. Um, I, th- I think we would love to make this a thing to start off every single episode with. Uh, you know, your feedback, as much as we joke about it, but we do thrive off feedback and these kinds of questions. And to start off with something that is a genuine real life question or issue or challenge in each episode, we think it'd be absolutely fantastic. So keep them coming. We'll give you more details in terms of uh, contacts uh, at the end of the show. Let's move on then to today. What today is about is um, we titled it uh, Overcoming the Biggest Hurdle. When your people are on their journey to beginning to find growth proactively, there is one massive hurdle uh, that we've come across. And it's it's true whenever anybody starts to starts to scratch the surface of finding more work with their clients and new clients. It's something that hits them square between the eyes if they haven't already taken steps to overcome it. Um, that's what we're going to cover off. David's going to reveal uh, what this big hurdle is. Then we're going to um, just talk about a little bit around what the benefits of overcoming this is, because there really are some very, very powerful ones um, for you and your teams. Uh, then we'll talk about the good things that, that um, clients see, the less good things that clients see if, we, if you don't overcome it, and finally tips, um, which is going to take up the rest of the episode. So it, it's, it's Sounds good. jam-packed. So let's rewind back. We talked about uh, how you can motivate your teams through fundamentally enabling them to think about what they need to be more of in order to find growth and then plot out what they need to do and create that kind of roadmap for them. And that really drives motivation because they buy into that idea, they buy into what they're trying to achieve, and they can see it with crystal clarity. As they start off on that epic journey, they will come up um, very, very quickly, uh, bump up against a massive roadblock. This is proven, but it's very simple. So without further ado, David, I'm going to hand over to you to reveal exactly what it is. Thank you, Dave. I think we've trailed it enough. I'm going to get on with it. It's knowledge. Knowledge of what? I hear you ask. It's knowledge, not just of your solutions and your products and services, but it's knowledge of the environment in which your clients trade, knowledge of your clients as a business, knowledge of your competitors, knowledge of the impact that you can make. And if you look at all of the longitudinal studies that have been done on looking at um, uh, variables that can predict commercial success, your ability to sell more, knowledge has been the number one uh, variable that can predict that. And it has been for the last 40 years. So just sit on that for a little bit and ask yourself a question. How much do you prioritize knowledge in your people and the development of knowledge in the way that you run your business? Just sit on that for a minute. And if you're an individual listening to this, how much time and focus do you allow yourself to build your knowledge? And the answer is always not enough. Yeah, it is not enough. <laughs> it is not enough. And it's it's because we're, we're all tied up in our day-to-day kind of work, business as usual, you know, hamster wheel, et cetera. But, you know, knowledge, it, it, 
Yeah, there might have been a feeling of deflation uh, when, when you said that word. You know, yeah. it, it's not exactly groundbreaking. It's not exactly sexy. It, it, you know, it, it's not the razzmatazz of you know rainmaking or anything like that. <laughs> but it is, it is mega important because, as David said, it is proven statistically to correlate with commercial success, commercial effectiveness. And that uh, yeah. the rest of, of, of this series is kind of focused on those key correlators to commercial effectiveness. This one is about knowledge, yeah. as David said. So, yeah, it, it's it's not the most, uh, you know, glamorous thing to do, but we, we have to do it if we're going to up our chances of winning more work with our clients. There are some uh, side benefits as, as well, David, aren't there? And I, I think the first one goes really back to what that piece of feedback was right at the start of, of the show, which was, you know, how do we be more confident? Well, one of the first things you can you can be more confident with is developing your knowledge. Absolutely. And, and the, the way I see it is if you think about your business growing, if you visualize it as a building that you're trying to put another floor on, and then you're trying to put another floor on that. And over time, you're trying to move from being a single story bungalow to hopefully, you know, 20 story skyscraper. Who knows how high you want to go? You can only do that based on amazing foundations, really well built foundations. And knowledge is that foundation that allows the whole of your team to start putting floors onto your, onto your building. And for me, as a as a leader, if you think about it, we want our teams to be more confident. We want them to reach out more. Remember all those KPIs for those of you that heard episode one um, uh, th- that I talked about, um, proactively reach out more, connect with more uh, new stakeholders to write better proposals, to deliver better work, to convert opportunities at a higher price. You can't do any of that without knowledge. And actually, when you give your subject matter experts, your client service people, a goal of being more knowledgeable, being more credible, they lean into it. They love it. And as a result of that, all those other KPIs start looking after themselves much more effectively. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they're able to ask fantastic questions. You know, it would spark off the curiosity in their minds. Tons of benefits, tons of benefits for you, our listeners and and, and agency teams. But there's also a load of benefits for your clients as well. And we actually uh, did an interview with a client, um, an end client. His name was Ashley Anzi. Uh, He's um, in charge of Global Insights for Lego. It was, it was a really interesting interview, wasn't it? We spoke to him for about 15 minutes or so um, and particularly focused on his experience of conversations with client teams. You know, what's good? What really makes things stand out? What What isn't so good? Uh, where, where he would kind of say, no, I don't really want to speak to you again. Um, please don't knock on my door again. Don't send me an email. A second. <laughs> uh, but all the really good things as well. And I think the the knowledge thing, it's its fairly straightforward and obvious what the benefits are for a client if you've got knowledge, isn't it? It is. A couple of things he mentioned, though, I, I think really stood out uh, for me. And, and the first one was around, um, it's a proof point that you care. You know, it, it, it's... It, it, I, I thought that really that really stood out uh, in in the way that actually it shows that you've spent a little bit of time before you've actually turned up for the meeting thinking about what's important for him and also important for the business for Lego and being able to turn up actually starting maybe fifty percent further down the track than if you hadn't done that preparation. 
Um, you know, that, that, that just means, and he could see it. It leaks out. It leaks out of you. It, mm. it, it shows that you've te- spent a bit of time. And I love that expression, a proof point that you care. Mm. And he then went on to say something which I thought was really landed with me. He said, even if you know me well, keep building your knowledge, keep bringing value to the conversations because it shows that you continually care. And I think we can be guilty within organizations of building our knowledge for moments that we believe it's critical for, like winning new work or pitching or going to see the client for the first time. And then we can get a little bit lazy on it and start to become a bit more transactional with our clients and forget that it's a lifelong pursuit of building knowledge and learning new stuff and bringing new perspectives to the client. And only in that way can you can you not only win work, but retain your clients and, and, and grow them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is so obvious when you, you, you do the work when it kind of sticks out and then when it's the kind of retention of clients, et cetera, tends to dip off a little bit until it, until you think it matters again. But bear this in mind, it matters all of the time um, for you to it be does. aware and, and, to, and to keep on building that knowledge. Because if you don't, there's a flip side to it. There is. So we'd normally try to cover off both sides of the coin when we have these um, these episodes and talk about specific topics. So, and if you don't have that knowledge, if you don't spend the time building that knowledge, well, it can be pretty disastrous to an extent, can't it, David? It can. And he talked a lot about a lost chance. And I, mm. I you know, again, a great emotive language. You know, he said, if I'm giving you my time and you're not bringing knowledge or you're asking me questions that I believe that you could have found out quite easily by doing a bit of effort and research yourselves, there's a, you're losing the chance to make an impact with me to make you be more on my day one list when I'm looking for a support partner. And I think that that's really important that every, you know, the time that we get with our clients is getting less and becoming more precious and we've got to take every chance and therefore knowledge is critical for us to capturing every moment. Yeah. Wise words. Well said, I believe. Um, Shall we test them? I, th- I was just going to say, I, I think we should. We, we we asked you a couple of questions, I think, in, in the last episode where we went silent for a bit. Um, and, and we've deliberately, um, feedback or not, um, put together three questions to test our wonderful audience on just how much you know about your clients. So if you want to grab a pen, uh, feel free to do so. Um, make notes, maybe share with your team, etc. But we've just got three questions for you. See if you, see if you can answer these. Hand on heart, honesty uh, is the best policy here. If you can't, all that means is that it's time to find out a little bit more. So, question number one: If only I had a quizmaster's jacket, but I haven't. Nobody can see it anyway. Um, <laughs> number one: What is the biggest driver? of how your client makes money. So choose just one client and write down what's the biggest driver of how your client makes money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Question number two. What is the main influence that drives their decision-making? Okay. And question number three. What is their top priority for the rest of this year? Oh, 
how do you think they did? Ooh, I was just trying to answer those. I was just trying to answer those oh. as you were asking them and for our largest client. Oh, interesting. I know pretty much all of it, but not. Oh, there's gaps. I can mm. definitely, I can definitely see gaps straight away that I need to go and discover. Interesting. Yeah. And, and well, they're quite big questions as well, because if you begin to answer, you'll realize that actually it uncovers further questions that you need to answer as well. And then it's kind of, you need to begin to get your team to find out this information through all of their contacts as well, particularly with bigger organizations. It's really interesting. It is. And for me, it's just, we've asked these kind of questions around the world and as we train these in many different sessions. And what's really fascinating is people always think they know their client better than they actually do. And the reason being is because you know your client from the position of the work that you deliver, the subject matter that you're experts in, the section of the business that you operate in. And it's normally from a technical perspective. Hmm. When you start to ask questions that are broader around the wider commercial landscape in which the client is trying to operate and to make money as a business, it tends to become narrower much more quickly. And that's the point that we, and that's the reason why we asked those questions in the way that we did, is to really open your eyes to the fact that knowledge is about a broad landscape. And that broad landscape is actually available. A lot of that knowledge is available by just spending the time and the effort to find it online and through various different channels. And that's what we're going to go on to talk about is you know, your excuse is that information is not available, is not good enough. Your excuse that you don't have a systematic way of getting it at the moment is a good one. And that's what we want to help you with. Yeah, brilliant. And that does move us on, on to our kind of um, tips, stroke, um, ways in which you can, you can build that knowledge quickly uh, and efficiently as well. So I'll kick off. We're, we're, we'll focus on the people who lead the teams. So, you know, you're, all, all those out there who, um, who are responsible for developing growth over the following year. The first one is really around, you obviously have KPIs for your team members. It's nominally around sort of finances or it's the number of meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Building a knowledge KPI in their appraisals or in, in your next conversation with them and ju just see how that goes in terms of a conversation. You know, you could use those three questions if you want to really assess where are the gaps? Okay, here's your KPI. You've got to fill in those gaps. It's, it's, you know, it's that straightforward. Love it. So that'd be my first, my first tip for those leading the teams. What about you, David? I would focus on focus. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better way of saying it, but there you go. Focus on focus. And what I mean by that is challenge them to get knowledge on where it's going to make the biggest impact. So it might be knowledge on your biggest client on a, a channel of growth for you on the competitors on on the things that really matter so get focused in on building knowledge where you believe if you have it commercially you'll be more successful in the future nice i like that one more one more for the, for the leaders should we do one more one more for the leaders yeah i think cadence uh, would be my one more mm -hmm. what i mean by that is don't add more 
meetings or <laughs> things to do in the diary, try to build it into the meetings that you already have. So a really good example of that is if you already meet to talk about your clients, start that meeting with what have we learned about our clients since we last met and then go into the rest of the meeting. So start to build in um, moments to reflect on knowledge and share knowledge into the existing way you work. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. That's that's a. I think that's a crucial one. Getting people to build it as habit means it needs to be small and unobtrusive. You know, we talked about this being a massive hurdle, etc. You have to break that down so then it's not a big hurdle. Agreed. Um, for the team themselves, for the individuals in the team, I, I think for me the the biggest thing um, they can do is exactly that: is to take that lesson and basically treat this knowledge gathering as a little and often exercise you know 15 minutes here half an hour at the end of a friday there it, it, it's it's not something that you need to block out two hours in your outlook calendar uh, on a tuesday morning uh, to the behest of every everybody wanting a meeting with you you know this is about i've got 15 minutes so i'm just going to go online have a quick look at xyz clients find out what's important for them, maybe look at their company report, download it for later later use, later reading. Um, for you, Dave, what's the biggest thing as individuals? Just, just to add to that, really, because your desk research will get you so far in your knowledge, but there is also a lot of knowledge that you can only gain from your clients themselves. And yeah. so for me, it's about using every single client interaction as a chance to build your knowledge. So in your preparing for a client conversation, just think, oh, what do I, you know, where are my knowledge gaps? How can I use this conversation just to fill in one of the blanks? And again, knowledge starts building really quickly if that's the habit. Yeah, nice. Fantastic. We've covered off what the biggest hurdle is. It's knowledge. Go out there and find it. You know, clients want you to do it. Your people will be more confident as a result. And there's some tips at the end for you to take away and, and to give it, give it a go. That's it from us for this podcast. But don't worry, we'll be coming back with the next one. And the next one is all about once you have your people motivated, once you have them knowledgeable, how do you translate that into maximum impact? But before then, make sure you follow us on Spotify, on Apple, and bookmark the podcast page on our website as well, uh, which is 422.co.uk forward slash podcast. And drop us a line with questions or comments via the same website on our contact page. Awesome. Thanks everyone for listening. See you on the next one.